This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Marketing Jam is brought to you by Cyber Impact, the email marketing platform made specifically for Canadian small businesses. Go to cyberimpact.com forward slash jelly, create a free account, and start sending Castle compliant promotional emails in just a few clicks. Here's your host, Darian Kovacs. Welcome everyone to Marketing Jam. I'm really excited because we have Haley, a real living, breathing reporter here on our show today. I know a lot of you growing up uh, reading comics like Superman and uh, what is Superman's day job but being a reporter. Because uh, what else would you do as a day job but be a reporter? So Haley has uh, chosen to do that as a profession. Also, if you've done your research, Spider-Man, his human kind of, you know, his other identity is Peter Parker. Yeah. And where does he work? At a newspaper. At a newspaper. So uh, I'm really excited to have you here. It's good so to be you here. work at an actual newspaper, physical I do. newspaper. We didn't bring, we don't have one here physically. No. But uh, it's also online. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a fan. I've been following your writing for a long time. So I, uh, okay. I, I'm not going to super fanboy out. But <laughs> um, I, it's a real honor to have you here. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. So people want to know, uh, how did you get into what you do? How did, how did you choose this profession? Or That's did the a, profession choose you? Oh, I like that. That sounds yeah. really good. Yeah. That okay. sounds good. No, I, my dad really encouraged me to read the newspaper, mm-hmm. which seemed maybe kind of old-fashioned, like a physical print newspaper. Yeah. He'd take clippings, he'd post them on the fridge, and it was my kind of which, homework which paper was to do it. it. It's the Vancouver Sun. Yeah. Okay. I also grew up, as many people did in a household, where the 5 o'clock news yeah. underscored every single family really? dinner. Okay. Yeah. So like it was, it was on during dinner? Yeah. Okay. It's on during dinner. If something serious was happening, I yeah. remember even being really young, my parents would look, we'd have to be quiet, we'd have oh, to listen. Oh, wow. So it's always there. It always okay. has a presence in my life. And then I really got into it when I watched a six-part miniseries on, it's a huge topic yeah. on CNN, yeah. Christianity, Islam, and Judaism yep. in the Middle East. Yeah. I was in high school, and my world blew apart. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really realized the kinds of issues that were ongoing. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily learn about that in high school. And I was just fascinated by the mm-hmm. ability to choose for work, yeah. something where you could travel and explore yeah. insanely important issues mm-hmm. and meet people from different cultures and different backgrounds. And so I pursued in university, and here I am. Okay. And, and where did you study journalism? Kwantlen University. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. You got a journalism degree? I did. It's the only university locally that offers a four-year program, wow. so I chose it for that reason. That's awesome. It was a print program, yeah. but halfway through, they yeah. updated it to be multimedia-focused. Because that's the what internet the industry is. was yeah. taking, or, or was no longer a fad. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, it's here to say. So you need to know data journalism. You need to yeah. teach journalists math. Yeah. You needed to be on camera, even if you didn't like it. You need yeah. to know how to edit photos and video. Yeah. So it's a very interdisciplinary field yeah. nowadays. And so I was fortunate to catch the beginning of yeah. that and graduate with something that was really applicable to yeah. journalism today. And how did you get into business in Vancouver, a newspaper? So that's a bit of a longer story. Yeah. So fresh out of university, I worked for Kwantlen for three years yeah. in media relations. Yeah. I joined the dark side, which is what journalists call marketing. Okay. It's good though. It's oh, you were on the PR side. I was on the PR side, yeah. yeah, for three years, which I loved and we can talk about that if you want. Yeah. But I freelanced my way into a full-time job at oh. Business in Vancouver. You're doing, you're doing articles here and there and exactly. showing off your, your, your ability. <laughs> Profiles yeah. and little stories. I'd pitch a couple stories. I was fortunate to be paired with the then editor-in-chief through a mentorship program. Wow. So that was my foot in the door. And when a job opened up, I, I applied and got it. Wow, that's really cool. So uh, interesting fact, my family, we still have cable TV in my house. Nice. Um, so we're one of those few people that still have it. And, and it's here, I don't know for how much longer. but. One of the shows that wasn't on Netflix or Amazon Prime or any of those other places um, was God Friended Me. Not a lot mm. of people watched it, but one of the main characters, Claire, is a reporter 
for an online magazine and one of the things they have in their office is a big screen and it shows what is the most popular articles of the day. So they have a running tally of like the 10 most popular, most viewed, most yeah. read articles. Do you guys do any of that kind of like inner competition at BIV to see whose article is, is ranking the highest or getting the most shares and views? We actually just installed massive TVs with our Google Analytics okay. on them. And so it's not a ranking system per se, but you can see at any given point whose article is being read by the most people. Really? So, and yeah. so you do you pull the analytics dashboard that shows the most popular mm -hmm. uh, pages? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we can see in real time our site and then all of Glacier Media, which is our parent company, yeah. so we can compare sort of what share of Glacier Media traffic we're getting, and then yeah. you can see up to, I think it's 20 stories at a given time. So when we send amazing. out our newsletter, we can we see a spike in readership, obviously, yeah. and see which stories are being read. That's really cool. And yeah. then do you, as a reporter, do you feel that inner uh, you know, desire to be on the board? Like, you always want to be yeah. ranking, because like, and how do you, you know, is it clickbait, or is it just like, I just want to have a really good article that people love, or how do you decide what to write about? Why, well, so it's literally right in front of my desk, so I can't escape yeah. this screen, so it's there. And I think it's less having to do as a reporter, more just being competitive. Yeah. I definitely want to get on the board. Yeah. But I wouldn't ever sacrifice, obviously, the integrity mm -hmm. of my craft to just get something up there. Business yeah. in Vancouver is pretty uh, specialty, I would say, yeah. in terms of journalism, so it has to meet our criteria. Which is businesses in Vancouver? Yeah. Okay. You got it. Okay. You got it. You Great. got what we were going for. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. No, so I so as long as it meets that criteria and it's something I'm happy with, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I want to see it on the board. So for me, then it becomes all about promoting that story on social media and getting the word out to get it up. Nice. So one of the things I noticed about writing today and reporting today is that there is the ability to do listicles, mm -hmm. which for a lot of people don't know what that means is it's the article in the form of a list. So top five, you know, burrito businesses in Vancouver, the top 10 uh, lawyers in Vancouver, things like that. And they seem to do really well. Mm -hmm. Like Reddit made them popular. Uh, Buzzfeed made them really popular. So what does that look like for you as a reporter? Do you, do you want to write more listicles? Do you tend to write them or do you just avoid listicles in general? So we, interestingly, we have a BIV list. Yeah. It was, it must predate the listicle, but yeah. it's not in listicle format. Yeah. So it's typically, it's behind a paywall. It's the only piece of content yeah. I think we have behind a paywall, but it will list like top 100 fastest growing companies, top yeah. 100 public companies, yeah. biggest employers, whatever it is related to our business in yeah. Vancouver audience. Yeah. So we have that. I don't need to write them. Fortunately, we have an awesome yeah. research team that pulls all that together. Yeah. So I feel like that's pretty well covered for us. Yes. I can't see myself doing a listicle that would really bring a lot of value to our audience, yeah. but maybe there is. I'm okay. open to ideas. Okay. Now, long form journalism. Like I, one of the articles you wrote recently, which was you broke the Yellow Pages scandal story about mm -hmm. them getting going to court, and I shared that a ton. I, I shared Thank it on you. my LinkedIn. I shared it on Facebook. I shared it into these Slack channels I'm a part of. But that article must have taken a long time to write because there mm -hmm. was research involved, there was so many interviews. Can you tell us how long that, uh, an article like that, which was well-researched, well kind of, I'm gonna say, you know, interviewed, what did that take? What is that, is that days, is that months or? I would say about six months. Six months, yeah. wow. And, and how many hours a month would you say you were putting into? A lot. Okay. A lot. It was a pretty, it took a significant chunk of my time and it was for a six passion months. passion project. It was. And what did that come from above or was that something that you were like, hey, I think this is a story that's going to do well? For so it came, it came because I thought it was a really great story that hadn't been told. And I yeah. actually had a friend who had gone through this experience mm -hmm. and she said essentially what had happened is they agreed to a contract without yeah. their knowledge, yeah. according to them. Yeah. And they're facing a bill of $2,500. Yeah. And she asked me, should I pay it? I said, well, no, you shouldn't pay for something you didn't agree to. Yes. So I said, hold on, let me 
look into this wow. and I realized that there are hundreds of businesses across the country yeah. that have gone through the exact same thing. Yeah. And it highlights not just maybe the potential practices of this business, yeah. but also highlights how unaffordable our justice system is where yeah. you agree to pay for something you don't think is right. Yes but it's cheaper than actually having to go to court to uphold your rights. Yeah. So I thought, it, I thought it was a really important story to tell and yeah. I've actually gotten a lot of really good feedback from okay. people who are in a position or maybe thinking about their options in a different light. And thank you for sharing it. A lot of people shared it, which helped. Yeah, and I, because I met a lot of people, know a lot of people in that situation, but I just was so amazed that no one ever talked about it. Yeah. No one ever brought it to light. It's not hidden. It's online. Yeah. In the, you read the reviews yeah. on BBB or yeah. Yelp or yeah. whatever site. Yeah, they rating on yeah. BBB, yeah. yeah. So when that story went out, what was the response for like the next week afterwards? Like, do you, are you, are you responding to comments? Like, are you, are you getting hate mail? Are you like, are, is your editor like accolading you for doing such a great job? Or what, what was that like as a reporter? I, my, I got a great feedback from my team, which I do okay. care a lot about and we're yeah. a close knit team. So that meant a lot to me. Mm. I got quite a few emails from businesses across the country who mm. said, Hey, I read your story. Thank you for highlighting this, yeah. but what can I do? And yeah. one of the unfortunate things is in writing these stories sometimes, there's no answer. No. You try and bring attention to it. Maybe someone who has the power to change something can yeah. do something. But unfortunately, it's one of the frustrating things about being a journalist. Mm. You can't do something about it. Yeah. But hopefully it did raise awareness. Yeah. I didn't get any hate mail, no, which is a good great. thing. And okay. I didn't actually hear back from Yellow Pages. Which, and did you attempt during <laughs> the time to interview them and get of a course. comment? And, and they just re did they ever say refuse to comment or anything from their PR firm or anything? I actually very fortunately managed to connect with a former PR representative yeah. who did work with them. I found yeah. her name on an old press release yeah. and she managed to get me some responses to questions I sent via email, okay. which is not the ideal practice by any means yeah. in journalism, but it was better than nothing. Okay. So I did include a couple lines of what they, what someone from Yellow Pages sent me yeah. and that was it. But no, never spoke to anyone directly and never heard from them. Yeah. So you're in a unique situation where uh, print goes out as well as a digital version mm -hmm. of your publication. Do you think that'll stay like that, the print and digital marriage between the two? Like you guys will keep printing it and keep putting it into paper? I think so. I actually, our editor-in-chief made a comment today about mm. how much our audience really loves the physical mm. print product because we I are- I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Why do you like it? I like it because it's tangible yeah. and I want to read something and yeah. I'm on the screen for work so much that when I want to actually like read something and sit down and consume it and process it, I'm not on a digital trying to process it. I can think, I feel like I can process better when it's print. Mm -hmm. And my family, funny enough, we still, on Saturday mornings, we get the Globe and Mail. Mm -hmm. We don't get other days of the week, but every Saturday we get the Saturday Globe and Mail and we love to sit and read through it. And we'll, you know, my wife will cut things out or she'll highlight things for a friend. And, but I like that the BIV comes physically and I can look through it and like who's on the cover, right? And, yeah. and, and what are people talking about? I like it too. It's a different way of consuming yeah. news, so different from being on social media and being bombarded. Yeah. And our pieces tend to be deeper, they're mm. feature stories, so it's something you can dig into and if you read it a couple days late, yeah. probably not going to make too big of a difference. Yeah. But I also, I found, I've walked into offices where they have the copy of Business in mm. Vancouver on a table yeah. and it's not just one person reading it, a bunch of people read it. Yeah. So I think that that culture around the print mm -hmm. product We've heard good things. Yeah. I can't imagine it going away, but of yeah. course that's above my pay grade. I hope it doesn't go away though. Okay. I like print. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, as far as when you submit a story, like are you always hoping to get on the cover or is it more about like how many views on the website? What it, what's kind of your goal? Hmm. I think for me, growing up reading print products, there's always going to be something very special about being on the physical yeah. cover of a mm -hmm. printed publication. Yeah. Okay. I've had many stories on our front page as yeah. many of our reporters yeah. have where I think there's more spots to have something on a front page than yeah. we have reporters. So yeah. almost always up there, which is cool. 
but for me, it's I like the idea of being on the cover. That's awesome. So you're probably out there searching for stories, mm -hmm. but when you get pitch stories, what kind of pitches do you love and what do you detest? I am so glad you asked me that question. I get a lot of pitches that have nothing to do with me as a reporter mm. or business in Vancouver. So mm. that is one that I detest. Okay. It takes up time to yeah. sift through them. Yeah. They're long. They're like it's like they're writing a book in my inbox yeah. and yeah. it has nothing to do with business. Mm -hmm. So that's frustrating because it takes up time. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, a good pitch has a very clear lead at the yeah. top. Yeah. This is the story idea mm -hmm. I have for you. It doesn't ask me to cover them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, oh, could you please do this or that? Mm. You know, it respects the integrity of the profession, yeah. which yeah. is to be unbiased and yes. for us to decide what we report on. Yeah. And it has everything set up. The other kind of pet peeve of mine is when someone pitches something and then the person they pitch is not available after going back and forth for oh several my. weeks. Okay, <laughs> like literally, or like they, they, they just can't talk or they're busy or yeah, they're out Yeah, they, they can't talk. So I don't know if that's a discrepancy between the agency and the actual yeah. scheduling. Often it's maybe an external firm, so they might be some issues there. A little bit frustrating, yeah, that uh, be. and it, it does happen. But yeah, yeah my, my message would be do a little bit of homework; it would yeah. go a long way. Yeah, and email is that your preferred method? Mm -hmm. Okay, and when you get like people slipping into your DMs, do you like ignore it, block it, or you're just like, please email me, please email me? Or what's your method? I don't get too many like LinkedIn, a few, yeah. Twitter very rarely, yeah. and I've gotten a couple on Facebook. But my Facebook's a very personal platform yeah. for yeah. me; it's very private, so that I I tend to ignore. Okay. But you know, LinkedIn's okay if someone doesn't have my email. Yeah. It is out there. Yeah. I appreciate that. But if it's constant, yeah. it's a tiny bit annoying. Yeah. It's a tiny bit annoying. Email is the best way okay. to get a hold of me. Period. So speaking of personal, what uh, what do you consume? Like what blogs you read or books that you're reading right now or newspapers? What do you go for like your own consumption? I read a ton. Uh, anything outside of work. I have a subscription to the New Yorker, which mm -hmm. I just I love for the writing. It's mm -hmm. beautifully written. It yeah. tells the story very well. Yeah. So I read that as kind of inspiration for me as a writer, and mm -hmm. I think inspires me to not just report the story, but to report it in an interesting and engaging and beautifully written way. Mm -hmm. I have The Economist too, so yeah. totally different kind yeah. of writing. But I like reading The Economist, and it gives me ideas for hey, maybe they they covered something here. Maybe that's relevant to yeah. Metro Vancouver or something like that. I love reading books, like yep. physical, good old-fashioned yep. books. Tools for Titans, I make oh. my way through Tim Ferriss, yeah. which is just great life advice. Yeah. And I feel like a hit of inspiration and kind of awesome. rejuvenated every time I open it. That's awesome. And, it, and, and the variety in that yeah. book. And it's so thick. Yeah. 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 It's a tome. I mean, anything and everything you want in there, if you want yeah. advice on something, yeah. it's, it's in there. And then podcasts or anything online do you consume or do you tend to go offline for your consumption? A lot of podcasts, more than I could possibly yeah. list. How I Built This, NPR yeah. is oh. one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, what else? The Daily, New oh. York Times. Yeah. There's so many and it, it changes yeah. day to day. Yeah. But I'll, sometimes I'll just Google something yeah. and I say, oh, there's a podcast I've never heard of, yeah. but they've done an in-depth feature yeah. on XYZ yeah. and then I consume it that way. So it's cool. kind of all over the yeah. place. It's like casting a wide net yeah, and yeah. seeing what I get. And then are you Android or Apple? Apple. Okay, and favorite apps that you can't live without that you're on the daily? Twitter. Twitter, okay, yeah. <laughs> Just very typical no. of a journalist, yeah. but yeah, Twitter for sure, and I would say Google Calendar. Yeah. When Google Calendar went down yeah. earlier this year, yeah. it was a little bit devastating, yeah. and maybe realize how much I rely yeah. on it. I have no backup copy okay. of my calendar. Wow, so. those are the two main apps that you're on. I would say email as well, texting, but mm. they're kind of boring old-fashioned apps, but that's the honest answer, I use yeah. those a lot. So I interviewed Twitter, and they were in your seat, and she, when I mentioned that she was a social media platform, she pushed back and said, we're not a social media platform, mm. we're a news platform. Mm -hmm. She wanted to say that we are the breaking news software. Like, we're, we're, the, we're the app that breaks news stories because they're like, we're the first to get the story, we're the first to post the photo, 
What are your thoughts on that? Would you, would you look at Twitter as that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think there's a reason why journalists primarily are on Twitter because any company in the world, any individual, any head of state, they can post news there first. And as we've seen south of the border, often it is posted on Twitter first. Mm -hmm. What the president says in tweets yeah. is a breaking story. Yeah. We've also seen sort of the, the downside of that mm -hmm. where if there's fake news or yep. an incorrect yeah. tweet, it's not yep. meaning to mislead. Like I remember AP tweeting shots heard by yeah. White House yeah. and the stock markets yeah. dipped yeah. noticeably. So it's kind of the, the dark side. A lot of responsibility obviously comes with being a platform that can share news quickly. Yeah. But I think there is some truth to it being a place where stories are broken mm -hmm. in however many characters you choose to use. Yeah. The back end of that and the reporting and analysis, of course, is where news lies, and that would be more yeah. traditional publications. So on that, the, the quickness, right, to be the first to the story, the first to publish it, mm -hmm. do you feel that pressure as a journalist, or mm -hmm. do you feel like I can work three days on the story or wait another week to get one more quote? Or, or, do, you, or do you like, man, I want to get be the first to that story and get it on BIV before anyone else breaks this news? It really depends on the story. So Trans Mountain Pipeline news that it's moving forward in Canada, you have to be first because if you wait an hour, yeah. everyone has written whatever story, yeah. whatever angle you're working on. Okay. So we do, in those instances, same around elections, yeah. a lot of back up work yeah. leading up to it. And then we basically are ready to go. We kind of fill in what we think is going to happen, make sure it's accurate mm -hmm. and hit publish. For the Yellow Pages one or other long-term stories, I'd rather take the time yeah. and do it right and do it well and then publish. There's a bit of a risk there. Mm -hmm. but. Typically, you're kind of safe. Okay. Yeah. We um, last summer, uh, two drinks came out, both made in Vancouver, mm -hmm. both looked exactly the same. One was called Nude, mm -hmm. one was called Neutral, mm -hmm. and so I was just confused. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed them both, you know, consuming them, and so someone in our office was like, "Let's do a story and and compare the two because they both looked exactly the same. They tasted a bit different and had different marketing campaigns. And so we wrote this article, Nude versus Neutral, compared mm -hmm. the tastes and then compared their marketing campaigns. Which one won? Uh, Nude uh, had an incredible marketing campaign at mm -hmm. the time and was, you know, what they were doing online, their PR, their social was just yeah. killing it. Uh, but they left a weird aftertaste. Mm. But Neutral had amazing taste and it was made with a premium vodka, but their marketing at the time was, was quite flat. Mm. Their social channel, Instagram, was a bit weird. It was like homemade posts going up, and, <laughs> but the, the taste was awesome. So we posted this article, but now to date, uh, over a third of our website traffic is people coming from Google searching nude versus Neutral. So it's the because we were the first to write this article, nice. and it, it, we're now this kind of like the you know the, the Google search ranking for that topic brings all this traffic, mm -hmm. but we never intended that. Right. And and so do you have this tendency of like and that's where like the listicles and the verses and you know writing about things that are hot and trending. Do you ever want to do that just because it's a little more consumer facing, a little more fun? Like do. You, I certainly thought about that. I think business journalism, it can sound stodgy. I don't no, know a no. single person in my university who wanted to be a business journalist, but there's so much room to have fun. You no, can write huge. great stories. Like, that's a business story. Yeah. And I still haven't figured out how they both came out with virtually identical well, products and, and they're marketing the same at the no, same time. And a third came out called Pure or some P-U-R-H. Oh. And, and all three were on the shelves. Yeah. At, and so I remember going into BCL and actually asking, I was like, hey, do you have some nudes? Because it was the name I knew at the time. They're like, oh, yeah, we got them over here. But it, I picked up some Neutrals. And then when I bought them, I was like, oh, it's Neutrals. I was like, oh, same thing. Because yeah. they both started with N's mm -hmm. and, you know, you. And yeah. it was the same packaging and very yeah. confusing. Yeah, very confusing. But that, see, that can be a, it's a great business story. You yeah. came up with a good angle. And digging into, I never dug into who owned them mm -hmm. and what was behind it. But here's the thing, when I posted the story on my LinkedIn, the uh, it went crazy the comments because it was like the guy who created the brand for Neutral jumped in the people who were marketing new jumped in it was like this huge back and forth in my LinkedIn thread yeah. of like 
which was unexpected. And so I think because we, um, you know, we don't write a ton of articles, we don't do mm -hmm. a ton of blogs on our thing, it was just a bit of a surprising thing to see a reaction from a news story yes. that we didn't really, we were just doing a review. It makes me think of Google's most asked questions. Yes. And how, as a journalist, what you should be trying to do in part is to answer those questions. Now, sometimes they're crazy and they maybe wouldn't yeah. fit into the category of traditional journalism, but I'm sure there's a lot of questions like whether it's nude versus neutral, yeah. or you know, can you explain this? Like Vox Media, I think, has done a good job yeah. of explaining breaking news stories yeah. in like a simple, accessible, yeah. easy to understand format. Yeah. So that, that can be a lot of fun, and you're still dealing with breaking news, it's still yeah. factual, it's still journalism. So yeah, I, I love that idea. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do more of it okay. in my career. Reaching more people with information is ultimately yeah. what I'd like to do. Do you ever dive into Google Trends? Sometimes. And use it as a way to come up with topics? Sometimes, Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I use Google News a lot to yes. see what's being put out there. Yeah. I use PR news wire services okay. too, just to see what's going out there. What's going out on the wire? Yeah, yeah. what's going out. It, I don't often get story ideas from that, but what I find is that, okay, it's a great way to read a lot of things at once about yes. a specific market, yeah. and maybe that leads to, hey, I saw three news releases yeah. about this topic, yeah. I'm maybe gonna do a story on that. So it's, cool. just, it's an easy way to get a lot of information. Same with Twitter, which yeah. is why I like it. Do you ever use the app uh, Haro, Help a Reporter Out? I am familiar with it. Okay. Actually, when I was in the PR side of things, yeah. I did use okay. it. Nice. I have not used it as a journalist, which is okay. interesting. Okay. But yeah, services like that can be really helpful. Okay. So we're watching a lot of reporters, um, you know, whether it's Post Media or other groups, uh, you know, letting go of reporters and reporters going over to the dark side, as you call it, <laughs> to the PR side of things. Yeah. Um, and it's this trend. And, and what do you think is, you know, the value that a reporter brings to the PR side, and what's something that they need to be careful about? What's something that the value is huge, okay. and I think it applied when I worked in PR too. Having done four years in journalism, mm -hmm. I understood well what components do you need in a story? Yeah. What should you do to ensure that the story is accurate? So as someone pitching journalists, yeah. I knew what they're looking for and could work that into my pitch. Yeah. Same with someone who's worked in the industry, you can bring that, all of that experience, as well as contacts, as well as an understanding of what's going on in whatever market to that job. So it's yeah. really, really valuable. Yeah. And I, I joke about the dark side. I, it's good and bad, yeah. both sides of the industries. Yeah. It's communication at the end of the day, and whether it's someone in PR sharing a story that's true about a company, yeah. or whether it's a journalist writing a story that's true, I think all of that is yeah. good generally. Yeah. One thing to be wary of, I think, would just be the shift in yeah. what the position involves. Yeah. I know for me, I plan on staying in journalism for quite some time before yes. I make any kind of shift. I yeah. don't know what the future holds. Yeah. I do know many people who have switched over yeah. and they like, the consistency in salary, they yeah. like the job security, yeah. and they like that they get to write, but maybe they miss a little bit of the journalism yeah. side of things. Doesn't mean you can't freelance though or blog. There's yeah. so many options yeah. nowadays. It's amazing. Yeah. So someone who has a, um, you know, a, whatever you call it, a competing publication in your same province, so we're talking mm -hmm. about BC business, mm -hmm. do you follow them closely or, or, or how do you see, like, you know, the term, you know, keep your friends close but your enemies closer? Like, is that something you, you follow or you That's track with, or you kind of just let them sit over there and do their thing? I am familiar with their work and I read articles from time to time. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm super closely okay. watching them. I watch them probably to the same extent I would watch maybe BNN, CBC, any yeah. other players yes. in the market. I'm yeah. just constantly looking to see who's writing what. Yeah. Have we done something similar? Are they maybe following what we've done? Yeah. Just to see who's doing what, keeping tabs in the industry. 
I don't see us as too directly a competitor. They're a magazine, which is very yes. different from a weekly newspaper. And it's monthly. It's monthly. Yeah. We do have magazines that tend to be once a year. Yes. So again, that's a different yeah. category of yes. magazine. So yeah, we're competitors in the sense that we would write about similar things, but I think the writing style is different, the publications different, even the events yeah. are different. And when you look at like consumer product, like in consumer publications, like mm -hmm. you've got the province just here in our province, or you know, Globe and Mail, even though it, you know it has a business section, mm -hmm. how do you think it's different? Someone pitching a reporter in business versus pitching a reporter in kind of more lifestyle. Mm. Well, I think it would have to do with the angle you take on a certain story. So it doesn't mean that if there's news, a company is releasing a certain product, yeah. maybe it's consumer oriented, like let's take a nude vodka soda as yeah. an example. Yeah. Could be lifestyle, could be a great sort of easy feeling top 10 listicle yeah. or something yeah, yeah. like that for drinks this summer that might go on a blog. Mm -hmm. Maybe the promise is something a little more in depth. The business angle would not really be consumer facing unless it speaks to a trend that might be newsworthy in some way. It would be, who's the company doing this? Why are they doing this? Are they having success? What area in the market are they exploring? What are they tapping into that people haven't? So it's kind of the behind the scenes. I hesitate to say that that's the case for everything, but generally speaking, it has to ultimately be about the business side or the economic aspect. So one amazing thing about Business in Vancouver is that you have all these events and these mm -hmm. awards that you guys own, and, and they're your, like, you know, top 40 under 40, mm -hmm. like, top this, top that, top, you know, CFOs, of, you know, yeah. and you have these events. How do you tap into that and see how that benefits your reporting, or, or do you just, that's just an arm of BIV that lives over there and you do the reporting over here? It is an arm... We're separate, but we're also connected. So okay. reporters will feature and write profiles of our award winners. Yeah. So each of us will take a CEO or CFO yeah. or influential woman in business. Yeah. I'm also involved as a moderator okay. of a lot of our events. Yeah. So I kind of have a foot in both worlds, yeah. so to speak, and I do video as well yeah. for our events. But then I think it's a little bit separate in the sense that, you know, it's great for thinking of people who are at the top of their industry. Maybe I'll quote them in a story down the road, or yeah. maybe that's a highlighting a company I wasn't mm. quite aware of. They're a winner of the export award. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily build stories around it per se, mm -hmm. but it's a great resource for connecting with people who are clearly doing good things if they're getting an award. Yeah. What's your take on advertorial sponsor content, partnership content, you, you name what it's called in, in whatever <laughs> publication, but like, what are your thoughts on that whole advertorial route and, and the trend that that's just coming on fast and furious? A lot of people seem to really like it. Okay. And, and what about you? I don't have anything against it. Okay. I think it needs to be very clear. Yeah. that it is sponsored and okay. an advertorial. Yes. And sometimes it's very difficult and to what tell. And what does your newspaper do? What do you guys call it? We have sponsored content, yes. I guess would yeah. be yeah. the yeah. name the, of it. Yeah. Everyone yeah. calls it something different. Yeah. yeah, so sponsored content, I think we see it more in our magazines yeah. than we do probably in the print Music. paper. Yeah. It's fine, I mean, advertising pays the bills. Yeah. Like, let's be real yeah. here, yeah. it is a business. We can't mm. just all do this because we love it and yeah. somehow get paid from yeah. a well of money. I think it does ultimately need to be clear okay. to consumers though. Marked. I think we do a good job. Marked, looks different. Yep. Sometimes online it is very difficult to tell and I yep. know with Instagram not that yep. long ago there's that whole conversation how you have to hashtag a yep. certain ad posting yep. exactly. So I think we're moving in that direction but it's so easy for something to be shared widely on social media yep. and have someone realize maybe too late, oh that's actually sponsored I think differently about this article mm -hmm. now knowing it was the company promoting their own product versus it was an independent reporter. Yep. Aside from that, I guess I don't really have an issue with it. I mm -hmm. haven't thought about it too deeply, okay. but it is certainly a reality in the yeah. industry. So one thing that's happening in Canada, there's some ad standards around print and mm -hmm. Instagram, which is great, but they've yet to figure out TV and video right now. Mm -hmm. And I know you're saying there's a lot of trends towards doing video reporting mm -hmm. and video reports, 
what would you suggest? Like, should the reporter at the beginning of the report say, this is an advertorial or this is a sponsored mm. news report, or should it say on the bottom of the TV, or should we just let TV kind of have free reign and you have to figure out for yourself whether it's sponsored or actual real so TV So you say news? it, whether it's written or leave it up to the consumer. I think it should be identified somewhere. Okay. What I've seen on YouTube often is the title will have sponsored content or ad, or okay, it will be written bottom. in the description. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it'll have it in the actual video as yeah. well. I guess it depends what you're looking for. It does kind of ruin the experience putting my marketing cap on here if you have to pull a character out of the video to yeah. say this is sponsored and then yeah. jump back into it. Yeah. So I completely get that. But at the same time, I do think it needs to be obvious. So yeah. I'm sure someone has figured out a way to make it seamless and accurate and yeah. obvious. I've yet to see it. I'm I've curious yet to, see to see how it Because <laughs> I've seen it in newspapers, I've seen it on Instagram, mm -hmm. but yet what, TV kind of is this kind of area that's still you know, undecided. Yeah, maybe it can be a, a little window in the screen that doesn't distract too much, yeah. but is obvious enough that maybe they'll develop some kind of symbol that means sponsored yeah. that's a little bit sleeker. I don't know. Do you think eventually BIV will have like a YouTube channel like a, or a Facebook Live going of like news of the day or breaking news in Vancouver? Is that, do you think mm. kind of you guys are talking about that or is it more like stick to what you're doing right now? Like is that one of the trends? I think for many publications mm -hmm. and media outlets, mm -hmm. everything's on the table yeah. at this point in time. Yeah. If you have the resources and even if you don't, yeah. you need to kind of be aware of what's going on. I mean, we have an Instagram account that yeah. we did not have yeah. however many years ago. Yeah. We've had a Twitter account. We've wrapped our heads around that completely yeah. same with Facebook. Yeah. But I think you need to start exploring mm -hmm. what apps are people using. You're yeah. trying to reach your audience. Yeah. Are they no longer on Facebook and just on Instagram? You need to kind of ask those questions and then consider how you're reporting and what you produce might change yeah. to fit different media, which yeah. is a whole interesting conversation too, because yeah. then you get into, well, are you sacrificing your work to fit a particular medium? To get something on YouTube by four o'clock that day yeah. to announce something. Yeah. yeah, but is it worth it because you're reaching the audience? Mm -hmm. So all those kinds of questions, yeah, whether it's live, we do live hits at BIV now, yeah. they go up on Twitter yeah. and we have them on YouTube as well. So we're increasingly moving into other areas to try and, and reach podcast. more people. And we have a podcast, yeah. 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 So yeah. we're on Stitcher, iTunes, we yeah. have it on our website as well. Yeah. And it, it's been a great experiment too yeah. to figure out what works. What do people like? Yeah. People really like real estate and cannabis, as yes. it turns out. And, and yeah, and so that was the top when they're talked about, yes. those get the listens. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the shares and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else that you want to leave with listeners, viewers today? Oh, I it's just been a pleasure being on the show. It's been really uncomfortable being interviewed because I'm so used to interviewing other people. But yeah. thank you for the experience. Thanks cool. for asking me. Anything you want to ask me? Oh, yeah, I do. So many questions. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you think of journalism, the state I, of journalism today? Yeah, I, I again, I find it fascinating. Having been in PR now, so yeah. on the other side for like the last 15 years, I am loving the journalists that have kind of gone all in to write really good, deep journalistic pieces. Mm -hmm. Like the Yellow Pages piece that you did. I was just Thank so you. blown away and really, you know, respected that and appreciated that. Um, I am disappointed that a few years ago when certain news publications could have postured their writers, like I have this favorite tech writer who no longer has her position at this publication, mm. when they could have positioned her as an influencer mm -hmm. of all things tech, but instead they just let her go from their publication, which they had this incredible opportunity. But now there's all these other tech influencers and you know, um, who are out there promoting themselves with the newspaper had the chance, to, they had their own tech influencer. Yeah. And they could have, um, postured her as that and had her like talking about that and but I think that and I don't know what the decision was made in the back rooms and it was probably just a financial one but it was they had the chance to lift her up for a while versus just lifting up their own news publication mm -hmm. and just start looking at the reporters as influencers 
That's interesting. Yeah, because she was so uh, well-versed, she was so well-researched, she had history, she had knowledge. Good she reputation. Had, yeah, incredible yeah. reputation. And so instead, the influencers, which I'm, you know, more and more are people that are, you know, quick and fat, have gotten there fast, have gotten there, you know, quickly and are not as in-depth in their journalistic procedures. Mm -hmm. So I, um, so that's just one historic piece that I'm like, and I'm hoping, and I'm hoping, which I see BIV doing with you, is that like they see you as a person of influence who can write, who can speak at events, who can show up at things. And so seeing even CTV do this with like Sonia Beeksma, like she's now MC, she's seeing all sorts of events right. and she's showing up because she's part of the community and they've embraced her as a person and lifted her up, which really makes her in and with the people. So I, yeah, that's, that's my take where I think if publications keep embracing their reporters, valuing them and respecting them, I think there is a chance for them to stay and continue to be a force to be reckoned with. I love that. Yeah, that's my, that's my quick observation. And I think if journalists keep doing those deep probing investigative stories, like Olson on your side, if you remember mm -hmm. that, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I loved Olson on your side. Like, yeah. It was just such great journalism, right? And, and it's just missing today, right? Like it's more about online, you see more about pranks and you know, goofy things or people falling down, like America's Funny Some Videos, but like if there was more Olsen on your sides, like it's just such, I know there's all sorts of legalities that go with it when you expose things and, yeah. you know, publications are probably scared and, and concerned and there's, you know, legal jumps in, but it was just, I just love that there was a reporter who stayed neutral, didn't have any agenda mm -hmm. and would just die, you know, deep diving. Answering questions that people wanted answers to. Yes. And it can be, it doesn't have to be a really heady, complicated no. topic. There are simple things that many people don't know. Yeah. And that's a great way to blend kind of social media, culture, online with real hard-hitting journalism. It yeah. doesn't need to be separate. No. I love that the story, the, the YP story, came from your friend asking you a question. Yeah. And that's such a neat thing that you listened to your friend, you were trying to just help someone out, and that's what kind of blew into this incredible article. I think I've gotten my best stories from someone saying something, either directly because they know I'm a reporter, hey, yeah. are you yeah. aware of this? Yeah. Or just coming up in conversation, give you around having drinks at a bar yeah. or one-on-one -on -one coffee with a friend. Yeah. And it makes you think twice because the stories we really care about are stories that happen to your friend or happen yeah. to your family or happen to you. They're yeah. relatable stories. So I, I, love, I love that. It seems kind of old fashioned. There's yeah. so much out there, yeah. but just having conversations leading yeah. to good stories is one of my favorite parts of the job. Yeah, and I, and I love that there's journalism and stories can change life and culture and thinking yeah. and can empower so many people. And again, I hear what you're saying about like sponsored content and advertorials, right, are, are almost overtaking publications. But if there is that distinction, um, it's a good thing. And I'm loving the amount of op-eds that mm. our publications are embracing, mm -hmm. which is also really cool, I think. Like, I, I, you know, they're written with integrity and, and usually edited, of course, but the mm -hmm. amount of op-eds that are, um, you know, opinion editorials for those that, you know, it's the slang term, but mm -hmm. those that are attempting to write and, and writing from their opinion, but then partnering up with a publication to get it published by, with a nice edit and, and even being pushed back and be like, hey, research your op-ed a bit more and then we'll publish it. Exactly. And I know that that happens for sure to ensure that it's fair. You can't just yeah. have anyone saying whatever they want and yeah. using your platform to do it. It's also great too, because you can go to the other side and say, hey, we have an op-ed running on this topic, are you interested? And it's a way to kind of build a community and create conversations on an issue that maybe isn't worth a full article at that present time, but maybe it turns into one because you have people debating thoughts on different issues. It's so awesome. I love it. I'm very optimistic about journalism. Good. I know there's concerns about it, but I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. And Frank Palmer Awards coming out. No, the, what is it called? What's the award? Jack Webster Sorry, Awards. We're gonna cut that one, okay. <laughs> Thank you. So Jack Webster Awards coming up, Yes. right? You'll be yeah. there. 
I will be there. It's We're a, always an, there. A night to celebrate all yeah. things journalism, right? Yeah. And, and journalists, which is great. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're, we'll submit our stories, see if we get nominated, but yeah. either way, it's still just a great night to go and see kind of the best of the best in yeah. BC. Always really good stories that maybe you hadn't thought of and yeah. you can reflect on stories that came out maybe months before that are worth revisiting. Yeah. And it's a well-deserved night to celebrate mm. what, you do, what you do in your profession does. So, yeah. yeah. Thank Hope you. to see you there. Um, everyone, this is Haley. Um, yeah, I'm sure she has an alter ego, and uh, but <laughs> message her, check her out, check out some of her writing. The story she wrote on YP was incredible. Thank you for joining us today on Marketing Jam, and we'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.